the, um, to the, to the uh, classroom. We said the way to help people to understand we're not called to just like the music. We're not called to just fall in love with the Jesus that I heard you rap about three weeks ago when you first released your album but haven't seen him or learned of him since. We're called to use those, and if we use them, we're inviting people into a lifestyle reality. The same thing that you caught that night, minus the lights because they cost a pretty penny, can't rent those every day, minus the pyrotechnics because somebody else brought that in, minus the, like, you, you can get the nutrition that you caught that night as a lifestyle, but you've got to learn the ropes. You have to come, you have to sit at the feet of the Jesus who doesn't just feed the 5,000, but he did that because he was giving people a time out from they were there for his teaching. They were following him everywhere he went. So we do big things that happen in a moment, big things that are just a one-off, but only because that's in concert with the fact that we have a lifestyle of teaching and developing. That's what we call our classroom. We said, man, I wonder if you won't just record an album, but you'll learn of the God that you recorded about. I wonder if you'll not just come to my release party, but you'll walk with me throughout an extended period of time learning about this Jesus. That's the classroom. So here at Epiphany Fellowship, we're going to talk about ways where you can plug into learning environments and discipleship environments, but the classroom would be our uh, analogy for that. Um, and then lastly, uh, the corner. We, keep, we started this off by talking about being missional, having a sense of sentness out there. We don't just huddle and just high-five each other and like each other in here, but we get loaded up and we take that abroad as a way of life. Yeah. So if we hit a restaurant, we try to find ways to drop nuggets. Uh, if we go to the gas station, we try to find ways of dropping nuggets. When we go to work, we're dropping nuggets. When we go to school, we're dropping nuggets. That's what we do. We call that going to the corner. The drug dealer has been known for being the person you can always catch on on the corner, uh, the people, just people, just thugs, just hanging on the corner, or people who don't have much to do in life except be on the corner. Yeah. Uh, the MC Common did something where he glamorized life on the corner. Well, the idea here is that Jesus Christ sends us out into the world, and we re- use that to represent the corner, where Jesus sends us to a respected sphere where not only did we come and fall in love with the hype of a concert, not only did we sit and, 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 and allow ourselves to be indoctrinated by the classroom, but we then go and use everything that we've gotten to impact the corner or impact the world that's out there. So classroom concert corner as a way. You may get hooked by something big and exciting, but then you buckle down and you walk for a season uh, and actually for a lifetime in a learning posture, a discipling posture. But then you don't just learn and just like the fact you know a lot. You use it as you go out there and interact with the world that's out there. That's to the corner. And so this, this comes to, as we bring it to a conclusion, you know, one, one of the purposes is God's reign is invading time. When Jesus Christ came on the scene, he says, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand going from eternity to time. And so the people of God are God's pilgrim people who accept that reign, submit to that reign, and as God is pushing his reign forward, we follow him forward as the pilgrim people of God. But most people, they like life like this. You know, this is my devotional life, this is my family life, this is my church life, this is my work life, and they're all kind of chopped up. But this is what we want to do as a, as a ministry as we close is we don't just want to be either this. We don't want to be the church gathered, but we want to be the church scattered. There are all of these empty pockets within society where God's redemptive work 
is not influential. And so the question is, what do you do? Well, when the, when the, church, when the church gathers, we have to go back into those pockets. And so in light of going into those pockets, we got to send back out from this gathering people going into all of these different spheres to gather together, to gather together, to display what we gather generally about, but to go out and gather specifically to engage the world with the truth of the gospel so that disciples can be made. And these are our regional pieces. Well, we want to see what, what these are some of our regional where people come from. Um, lower Northeast, North Philly, um, um, Logan, uh, East and West Oak Lane area, a uh, different collegiate cluster, South Philly, um, West Philly, Delaware County, um, and so and, and so and South Jersey. So we want to be able to see these clusters all over the region. And if we miss you, we're sorry. Um, but 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 all over the place. In other words. But we want it to be where clusters of people are. We, we, we pray for us because we're going to have to pray through what are some big next steps for us in facilitating that. And we need administrative staff bad. So we need prayerful administrative, full-time administrative staff and, and everything's going to be praying, y'all, because this Thursday our accountant gets the information in. And once we get the information in, we hand it back to the banks. And then we're going to hear from the living God. In relation to whether this is a way of grace for us. And if this is a way of grace for us to have this facility, you've got to understand. I remember, I remember a few years ago when we were walking, and we walked into the building, and my wife was like, she looked up at the building. It was like 25 of us. And she looks up at the building, and she says, what if God gave us this building? And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm trying to, we're trying to plant a church. I ain't thinking about no building right now. And she's like, Bay, don't don't sleep. You never know. And I just kind of ignored it. And then Pastor Deuce one time came and he said, "Man, what if the Lord offered us the opportunity to get this building? If 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 it's a, if He gives us this building, it will be a sign to us that He's given us the city." And so we're praying that all of this pub and pr- all of this stuff going on that God is doing by His grace among us. That it's not for us, y'all. That it's not for us. But that it's for the people that God wants us to reach on his behalf. And they, I remember Paul not wanting to go into a city. And he says, go there. Because I have many who are appointed to eternal life there. Do not be afraid to share the gospel for I am with you in that. That's God's commission to us today, y'all. God is with us for what he's burdened and passionate about. And the question is, are we just going to stand on the peripherals and talk smack? Or are we going to be people who not just impact Philadelphia or do ministry in Philadelphia, but we do it across the seas in urban environments, Bangkok, Brazil, uh, 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 jo- jo- Johannesburg, Morocco, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, Egypt, Sudan, Liberia, London, R- Mother Russia, Sydney, Singapore. I met a guy from Singapore last week said, man, I tell you what, man, I've been listening to the podcast and I've been extremely blessed. I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> he said, Singapore. 
God is up to something. And the question is, are we going to join him? God hasn't put all of these godly Christian MCs here for nothing either. That, that's my part. Listen. <laughs> all right. Look, I know, I know you all are restless. Uh, and, and we, we told y'all, um, we told y'all we gonna stop. We gonna it stop. was going to be long stop. and we are going to stop. We still have to do communion. So I know like, please stay. Cause like, let, let, let's, let's it's cap it off. By, uh, yeah. But, um, by uh, focus on the Lord's, um, su- um, the Lord's supper and what he did for us. Um, but look, lastly, and, and you know, we, 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 t- we podcast these things. So if all this fried your brain, um, just go back at the website and just slow roll it. Um, but listen, you know, we wanted to make an addendum, a word about hip hop, because if let us say start with me, like I, I spent I've spent all my life with the hip hop context specifically as my target. And through years of ministering with that context in mind, eventually I just had to be broader because the city, which now is fully saturated by the hip-hop impact, I could just broaden myself to let's just deal with the city. Uh, but listen, we say a word about hip hop. Um, uh, just, just if you, some, a lot of you know of or may have heard of us in connection to hip hop. Some people like keep calling us a hip hop church, and we always say we're not a hip hop church. But they feel like we're a hip hop church because a lot of hip hoppers go to the church. A lot of people who, who who were redeemed out of the hip hop context go here. Starting with the pastors, we're part of what we call the hip hop generation, just by when we were born how we were socialized. Hip-hop was our native tongue in terms of the music, the art, the style. Uh, we identified with it. And so, but we're not a hip-hop church. But one thing we don't want to sleep on is that hip-hop is still what we believe is the under-engaged people group, primarily the ne- neglected or marginalized by many churches. Absolutely. It's still true that hip-hop was never intelligently and missionally engaged it was either blasted or the music was allowed to come in but that's not missionally engaging it so we still believe that for most churches hip the hip-hop people group i'm not talking about mcs and rappers only i'm talking about just people who were born during the time when hip-hop started making advances in the culture that means that i don't rap i don't graffiti i don't break dance i don't do anything but i love it or i know of it or it impacted me um that group is still under uh, under engaged we believe that this we still have a longing uh to see this group to win this group with a biblical display of comprehensive christianity our apologetic is not a release party to reach them we believe we must showcase a comprehensive christian that makes them say dag i can be whole hip-hop is just a part of somebody right like, we believe that they need to see uh, the hip-hop generation, and again, you can be 37 and be part of the hip-hop generation. Don't sleep. Uh, the hip-hop generation needs to see a comprehensive Christian. That means, yo, you, yo, you spit hot bars and you're a faithful husband and you're raising kids and you're just a good student. and you're, Like, most hip-hop is just known for their art, but we believe a comprehensive wholeness 
is what they need to see, and that's Absolutely. the primarily way. So you will see us address these issues. Also, real quickly, uh, we believe that we expect to see more comprehensive Christians emerge from this part. One of the disappointments is cats like, yo, you don't know how to fill out a job application. You don't know how to just get a job. You don't know how to do Like, that's because hip-hopers are so in the studio and working on their craft that they forget about the rest of life till they're forced to because the hip-hop just doesn't pan out. We expect to see God bringing more comprehensive uh, hip hoppers who are Christians out that group. Uh, and we're looking to see it indigenously reached. It's one thing for you to come to this church and just be part of that regional draw, incarnate, uh, and reach out to hip hop just because you, you, you're just a Christian and you care about them. It's another thing for you to feel like that's your people group, like yeah. I am a hip hopper, which everybody in this church, Lord willing, will not be that because we're broader than that. But for those of us that say that is me, though, we do expect for it to be indigenously reached, reached by hip-hoppers hip reaching other hip-hoppers uh, through the gospel. And so we do expect that. Uh, we do still anticipate God's grace in reaching the group. We talked about that. So um, one of the things that we hope that you'll recognize is um, that we're not a hip-hop church, but we do know that God has to address the hip-hop issue from a church vantage point, from a missionary vantage Absolutely. point. We happen to attract a lot of people from that demographic, and we will be strategically, like, maneuvering through the trickiness because hip-hop quickly becomes an idol. Hip-hop easily becomes an idol for the most solid Christian rapper, the most solid Christian hip-hopper idolizes the art form and you know it because we read our bibles little but we record long uh we gather with the saints unit like the saints generically little but we hang out with our pals uh we release albums that where we seem to be more um like we say what we do but we don't really do it. Like all of that is a subtle shift that all of us fall victim to. And so that's why we will be holding each other mutually accountable here as we learn to subject that means of outreach and that means of showing off Christ's glory to his overall purpose for all his people for all time. So as we get ready to focus, I don't know if, Pastor, you have anything else to say as we transition to uh, uh, a, a, a very sacred time every week, if you don't know about us, uh, week in like this. There's no biblical mandate that it has to be every week, um, but that's how we, we end every week, um, by making sure that people know that to be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus cost something. Uh, to be in a relationship with God the Father cost something. It cost the death of the Lord Jesus. Um, and what we are praying um, is that God's people would recognize, um, man, that the gospel starts with bad news. And that is that everyone is born separated from God. Yeah. Um, infected with sin to your core, which is why we do sin. Like we sin... Uh, because we're sinful. That's just the case. It's, it's the bad news. Uh, but the Bible does talk about God rigging the means of saving sinners. God came up with a way to save sinners. And he says that way is by sending his son to become a man, to live over 33 years of perfect life, fulfilling every requirement that God and thought, word, and deed that God could require, then killing that son on the cross as a substitute for sinners. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ stands in the place. And so when Jesus, uh, when Jesus uh, spent his last night with his disciples, uh, 
one of the things he did was he leveraged the Passover meal, took bread and took wine, and he said, look at the bread, and he broke it and he distributed it. And he says, this is my body, which is for you. When you gather together and you eat, take this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he looked at the cup and he said, and this is the cup of uh, the blood of a new covenant. I want you to think about this as my blood, which is poured out for you. It's the blood of a new covenant, because to make an agreement in those days, you had to ratify it with blood. He says, the new arrangement, I'll give new hearts, new hearts that will be bent after me, new hearts that will want to be with me, that will want to do uh, what, I, what I command, and I'm going to give you new hearts. And so right now, if you're a Christian, and only if you're a Christian, if you're solid, if you're in the faith, if you're born again through a relationship with Jesus Christ who died on the cross, you can participate. If you're not, just let this part pass and just contemplate what it means uh, to not be allowed to partake of the means by which God makes enemies his friends, makes uh, sinners his sons and daughters.